I'm Dylan Gott, and welcome to John and Dylan Online, a show where two comedians do half-assed research into internet history. Joining me is my co-host, who will be introducing the subject of our goddamn motherfucking show. Shit. Whoa, I hope all you fucking tough men are ready to swear, because you're talking to two fucking alphas ready to beta your cucks, and I hope you want points. Why are we talking about points? That's right, we are talking about At Midnight, America's successful foray into the British panel show format, a daily game show based off of the internet, the last time this inter- this idea would ever be attempted. Dylan, our teens and 20s could be summed up by a producer doing cocaine and then looking across a glass coffee table and saying, it's the internet, but on TV. <laughs> yes, the 2010s? Is that what they call oh, it? Oh, yeah. The 2010s was the last gasp of, let's put this website, but it's on TV. You had that with TMZ, the show, and you had that with uh, At Midnight, basically. Imagine if they put Twitter on TV now. It would just be a man shitting in a bag and another one going, no, but you're a Nazi. Like, they, like they, <laughs> I want to see that TV show. You know what I mean? Yeah, a guy taking a dump, showing you his dick, and then being like, free speech. Yeah, and that guy then goes, I got a lot of proof of some stuff that the government's done. And like, can we see that proof? Yep. And then you go through the proof and you're like, this doesn't prove that. And he's like, I just know that they were boxes of proof. I don't know what they prove. Although Twitter is dope because it's 100% the only social media site that children have no interest in. They just know we- adults are being weird there. It's like, yeah, see, that's right. It's like a game of cards. Twitter is like the millennial Elks Lodge. We don't have the Lions Club anymore. We yeah, have yeah, yeah. Twitter. Yeah, just yeah, like, do you I'm going to go t- play darts, and you know what I'm going to say is going to be weird, but you don't know what I'm <laughs> talking about. I mean, the equivalent to smoking inside is just like, this fucking Joe Biden. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a congressperson or a um, person in uh, my municipality that I have a lot of opinions on that you don't fucking know who they are. There, There's a really good one now in Toronto named Brad Bradford. Just sink that. Um, that, First of all, let that name sink in. Brad Bradford. Hang on. Oh, you know what I enjoyed? I enjoyed you saying it a third time. And let me tell you why I enjoyed you saying it a third time. First time I was like, did he say Brad Bradford? Second time I was like, he did. And then third time I was like, that guy could be an MTV VJ, which is another very Canadian reference, which was when we were we children, you could watch, you could watch music videos on channel 29. And in between those music videos was basically like a guy pretending to be like a nerd or a dork, but actually he was 40 and he has had sex in a nightclub. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A guy who looks harmless, but is for sure into group sex tells you what's up next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, let me just say this about that entire era of me and Dylan in our early and mid twenties was basically like, we weren't necessarily catnip to the ladies, but every guy that was like, I sleep with a lot of chicks. Guess what happened to all of them? All of them have been me too and canceled. All of those comedians are now either working in a. That is, yeah, that is not okay, which plays into this. Very much plays into this. The, the early, the 2010s, particularly canceled, 
Cusby, he had so much work he was doing, and then that's when it came out. Well, no, okay. That's what he claimed. I actually, because I live in Los Angeles and I'm I'm contemporaries with all the people that like were on the show and were in the like the nerdist, the nerdist nerd melt scene. So I actually did some on the on the ground research. Ooh, who'd you interview? He said it was work stuff. Comedy Central was like, no, Trump got elected and no one cares about like fun, floofy, doofy points games. They want someone in a suit being like, he bad? Or they want someone in a suit being like, he good. And that's why it canceled. It's basically like, oh, no, that's I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying that. See, so what I'm saying is at midnight got canceled because Trump got elected. All anyone wanted to hear was about politics. I'm saying the Chris Hardwick Me Too stuff happens after this. Completely, it does. That's a great clarification. It ha- it all happens in the post wave of this sort of stuff. But prove what was in very much a uh, an example of what was happening in that time period is in the early 2010s. You had all of these guys being like, "I'm fun and cute and sniffly. No one else is kind of oh, yeah. fun and cute. If you two fucking sluts kiss, and I don't like my mom, <laughs> like that's what it was." By the way, that was the entire the entire beginning of that decade is a five foot three guy being like, "Smell these fingers. That's pussy." And then you'd be like, "This is fucking weird, right?" And then in 2017. Guess who's a fucking creep? That guy who kept fingering me. And you're like, I fucking knew it. Like that was the, the between 2017 and 2019 was me and Dylan texting each other on Facebook measure, uh, messenger. They got another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, okay. So we'll get to that afterwards, but at midnight, we should talk a bit about what the, what the game is, is uh, basically it was. And I thought one of the better ways the television used uh, a social media site. Remember hashtags? You would have the oh. hashtag at midnight, and you would just and it would it, basically they would come up with a game that was something like, "Hey, why don't you come up with uh, movies but make them food?" And then it'd be like Silence of the Lamb Chops. Oh fuck it! Comes. Okay, I have two thoughts to say about hashtags. One, hashtags were on Twitter. They were a thing where you could get a lot of retweets because it was a way of people to search via subject. The result of that was everyone thought that was a way to get famous as a stand-up comedian in 2009 and 2010. Now hashtags are on TikTok and it is a way, right, John? <laughs> we're, we're using our time wisely, right? Hashtag. Um, and it was just a fucking nightmare and you'd constantly be having people tweeting. Also, so hashtag wars was the big feature of At Midnight, which is they would give you a subject as Dylan eloquated movie food, and then you would shoot up your answers in real time. and um, the people that got like, and then they would shout out some winners and stuff like that on the show, meaning that a bunch of people used at midnight as a credit, even though they're just, their tweet was put yeah. on a screen. But some people did get a lot of followers. Some people would play at midnight. They would just, just fucking tweet into the void. And the other thing that would happen is people like me or John hypothetically would then mute those people because we like them as people, but we don't want to see 9,000 tweets. We are literally talking about, we're talking about one person in specific that is still muted as a result of this and is a very nice man. President Joe Biden. That person is Dylan Gott. Uh, Still muted, but really thought it was the key to their career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, here, maybe this, maybe this hog picks will be like at midnight. Silence of the here's my balls only. Exactly. I actually don't know how that didn't win hashtag awards because it was, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, just, I was just a creative way to show hold of Chris Hardwick. 
Name Bill Clinton's favorite competition. Uh, this was, by the way, it's so weird. At Midnight seems so cutting edge. And then you look at the guests and it was so of pre-Trump's rise 2010s. And then it's like it featured big, big names in stand-up comedy like Doug Benson, Natasha Lajaro, um, Tom Lennon. And Ron Fungus, which were all very much of this time in American stand-up comedy, which was the Nexus was this like a place called the Nerd Melt Showroom, which was behind a comic book store on Sunset Boulevard. And what happens if LA is the hot place for stand-up, there'll be one venue where like people are literally murdering their families to try and perform at because there are producers there and you can get money because the United States, particularly LA stand-up scene is so gamified towards just, you just get one contract for six figures and that pays off the 10 years worth of debt that you've incurred living in Los Angeles <laughs> is the dream. It's such a fucked up. It's now gone. But this was very much what it was at the time. And usually it's not a comedy club. It's like, here's, it's a board game cafe and producers play board games and they're like, I hear money. And then, yeah. And it will be run by someone that you would think maybe they're on the spectrum and then you get to know them and you're like, no, that's just their personality. They, they quest for power. Some people become dictators of Germany and some people operate a mid to unsuccessful stand-up comedy room. And are the same level of asshole. It is crazy that it's it's so weird because I think like thank God and it's bad that entertainment is so boosted. Like the event of television basically made it so like okay everyone wants to be on TV now because if you're on TV you're broadcast everywhere and that signifies that you are a more valuable person than other people if you're on television because you're being you're a person being shown to more people. That you could never possibly meet, right? That essentially, sense. essentially, what this is is where when it comes to humanity. If you want to enthrall them, if you create something that tells them, you know, if you get really successful at this, two people of the same gender will kiss for you, and and TV is the best <laughs> example of that. And humanity since then have been like, yo, I got to get these two people to kiss, get me on that thing, and here we are. Yes, exactly. And but but what I'm saying is like. So debatably, like, it'd be better if me and you were like, you know what? Healthcare is what we should go into because then we can be famous by doing healthcare. Clearly, we should probably be in healthcare and not comedians. But that, so that's bad because we would make fucking a hell of a one two doctor punch. Me, not so much a doctor. I would just be one, one wise janitor telling people about what the best way is to press your balls up against a window. We'd be real great right before a surgery. We go in and be like, what are you guys? And be like, we're a different type of medical professional. What are you guys in charge of the pain meds? Oh, we're on those. But no, we're just here to <laughs> we're just here to make you happy that you have your current doctor because it could be us doing the surgery. And then like We'd and then we just start unserious male nurse. Yeah. Just like, hey, oh, there's a cut. Send John in. If he messes it up, who gives a shit? But what I'm saying is, what's the medical procedure here? Penis implant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You didn't sign up for it, but it looks like you need one. High five. Everyone's having fun. But it is good that comedy and bullshit like this exists because, like you said, it's probably better these people are comedy bookers and not like, I want to be a doctor to get to the top. There is. I, I'm not going to go into that because it would reveal exactly who the person is. And if anyone was going to listen to a unsuccessful podcast about the Internet, it would be any of the people I was about to mention. And then anecdote, continue Dylan. So basically, at midnight, big old fucking hit for Funny or Die. For those of you who don't remember Funny or Die, it was killed by Facebook lying about its video yes. views. <laughs> but it was essentially 
YouTube, but you decide if the video was funny or if it died. Um, things that you may remember from it is if you were into Picnic Face, the 2009-2010 big-time internet video production group who did that, like, burst energy drink. That's what I remember from Funny or Die and, of course, The Landlord, which was a little girl who swore at Will Ferrell. And I got to tell you, the internet has not been has not peaked that hard since. Well, it was also the place that was like first we'll probably do a funnier die episode but it was like one of the first places where it's like oh these celebrities are doing the internet that's a great point yeah it was the, the and not not just these celebrities will ferrell yeah in will 2000 ferrell, ariana grande shit like that yeah exactly the the will ferrell and ariana grande the person we were all jacking off to and ariana grande do you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah I will say this. If you were like, you know, Ariana Grande is hot, not pretty, clearly pretty hot when she was like 19, you are a pedophile, pedophile, pedophile. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I don't know who Ariana Grande is. I don't know who Ariana Grande is. I love you. That's why I love, I love people. I, I worked with someone. She was like, we we're like, yeah, purple. I've never seen Purple Rain. She was like, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's Prince's movie. And she was like, who's Prince? And I was like, oh, okay. oh yeah. Sure, you live, I guess you just live outside of society in some sort of Mad Max world. Sure, if you haven't heard of Prince. I contend that Prince was just not as, why would I know Prince? Just the time that I, the, the time that I have been alive was was the artist formal. I had this debate so many times because it, he's, Prince is so big in England. Everyone there is like, but don't you know that he's the most famous man in the world? And then that I have to be like, good. no. He thank you. It was very good. He was. I'm like no. He was the artist throughout all of my time caring. So he. I don't know him as like a guy that writes Little Red Corvette. I just know him as this guy who's like I'm a symbol. And then no one explained to me that that was just a contract workaround. And I was just 11. I'm just been like, media told me this guy's a fucking dork. So he's a fucking dork, man. Why do you guys fucking care? Yeah, of course. And yeah, exactly. That'd be like Prince to us is if like you are, if you if. Like, I guess someone who's like 10 now, Kanye is to someone who's 10 now. It's like it's better than Kanye. Prince, Prince is the equivalent of Adam Sandler to any other generation but ours, because we remember Waterboy, which is crazy that that one is one where you're like the classic artistic achievement that was Waterboy, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer. We remember when it was like, this is really stupid, but I'm also 11 and I love this. And anyone else who's like, Adam Sandler's the man. What's the first movie you saw of his? I was 28 and I saw Mr. Deeds. And you're like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Adam Sandler is likable on screen. And the other thing he has is he has that Bill, Bill Murray thing where he does not do the internet, but he is always playing basketball with people. And you will get NBA players like professional athletes who are like, you're pretty good. And he's like, but not for an NBA player. He's like, yeah, you're a, 510 guy who's 53 like you don't have to be good for an nba player you're good for just like a guy playing basketball the other thing that is interesting about adam sandler is adam sandler just straight shows up at comedians basketball games in parks and plays with people exactly he he was doing a movie here and he was asking people where to play basketball and everyone was like trying to get pictures with him he's like i just want to play basketball yeah just let me play basketball it's the this is the la benefit thing is that it's a weird thing because you do like especially a guy like that he can just in la go out and people like will be like no 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 i was at a 
I was like walking by a restaurant because I parked going to the comedy store on Friday night and someone was in a restaurant because someone took a phone up and then like another random person was like, no, 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 no. And you'd be like, oh yeah, we just let them live here, which is wrong. They should be. Yeah. That's why we pay you the big money because you're a fucking zoo exhibit. Yeah. We own your spirit. Exactly. Hey, pardon me. I know I'm interrupting, but Adam Sandler, could you fuck my wife? Yeah, can you fuck my wife and I can play basketball with your asshole? Can you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the point you ejaculate, that's what I insert. And it, Adam, you know the scene in be? Funny People where you fuck those two women and talk to Seth Rogen? I want to be Seth Rogen. I have to be on the <laughs> At midnight. At midnight. Essentially, Chris, Hard- uh, Chris Hardwick was the Joe Rogan of pre-Trump American comedy. He absolutely was. You had to be kind of weirdly nice to him. He had a group of friends that all were on television all the time and did various shows. He had a podcast called The Nerdist. Those two co-hosts, Jonah Ray and Matt Myra. Matt Myra is basically like the after show Star Trek guy on Paramount+. Plus. Jonah Ray is now a director and did a bunch of shows for the aforementioned streaming service Sisu, which if you don't remember, good for you. Uh, <laughs> Steve Zissou. It was starring Steve Zissou, and it was about how you don't have to love your son. Uh, and then turn the camera back on, John. Uh, and then basically, at midnight, just continues at speed throughout the entire thing. It's sort of this inoffensive kind of show. It was very much like stand-up comedy was very much of this time was of this show where it was very like the nice version of living online, which is like, you didn't know a lot about 4chan. You knew a lot about Tumblr and uh, a lot of really shitty binary and math jokes. This was a time where people who knew how to solve to pi to the eighth level also got to see penises and vaginas a time. I'm happy that we've seen the back of, um, yeah, it's interesting, though. It's like that post that 2016 election and everything like so interesting. What a weird. Yeah. No, it's just a weird thing that like there was a time maybe like so let's 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 say it's 2012. Maybe it isn't where you, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram were the biggest websites on the Internet, but you would still go to other websites. And then Mark Zuckerberg stopped that because he was like, oh, you put a link directly in your post. We're not showing that to anyone anymore. You have to put it in the comments. There's these really weird things. Also, like it won't even be clickable, really. You'll have to like copy the link and paste it into your browser. We're just making everything way more difficult and way harder. And this was during that era. And of course, uh, we explain a bit who Chris Hardwick is. He starts doing comedy at like 20. He's been hosting television shows since he was 20. Okay, but this is a specific thing. Specifically, the shows he is hosting is he is one of the faces of MTV's You're Generation X and you're at home watching TV programming. So he is basically the face for people that are five to ten years older than us and in the U.S. He is just a face they recognize. He then kind of pivots as a sober as a uh, um, a sober person into being kind of like I'm the comedian that's online, and that's sort of his hook. Is he's like I'm the nerd, but he's also like a very savvy forty year old man who looks way younger. Is the other thing to remember? He's like forty two doing like stand up comedy shows with like twenty year old, and like it's just very much that vibe. And this was the other side of this time um period was very much that of like there's a lot of 38 year old dudes wearing jeans and then a not tucked in dress shirt with a tie 
and they're dating a 20 year old. And I was just kind of like, it's cool because he's young at heart. And also he thinks she's a kid still. And it was just a fucking weird ass time. So us without the 20 year old is what you're saying. Cause 30 year olds do not dress like, like, I feel maybe I'm wrong, but like, I feel like when I was a kid, a 38 year old wore like a leather jacket, but with a button up. Yeah, Of course. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what the leather wearing. jacket is because I'm still kind of young. The button up is because I need to get a loan soon. I don't know when, but I'll get one. The leather jacket is to let you know I have a motorcycle. I have a motorcycle because she left, and I wear this uh, suit, uh, this tie, and shirt because I have to keep this goddamn job at this fucking smelting factory. As someone who's in HR, by the way, you're fired. And I had to sell my bike. <laughs> exactly. So it's all set up nice. Chris Hardwick, uh, they're doing a it, they're doing a great job of it. It's I think it's less offensive than to- Tosh Point and I don't mean less offensive. In that, like, I didn't like Tosh.0 because it was just like, hey, here's a thing I found on the internet versus they were trying to, like, add to the internet. I completely agree. I think that um, at midnight, I think it was also, I think it was didn't need to be canceled when it was. I think if they literally just rode out the storm for another six months, their ratings would have bounced back up because then they would have been the alternative to all the Trump programming as opposed to sort of seeming like they were out of touch. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, also... This is from Chris Hardwick. This is an interview he did, but he basically said that they came to him and is like, hey, we're going to replace you with a political talk show. But do you want to move back to actually being at midnight again? And Chris Hardwick said, no, we're good. Basically, they were like, "We're gonna, you want to switch time slots? And he said, no, I'm good. I'm done with this because he's already doing Talking Dead. He's also doing like after shows for Better Call Saul. He's got the Nerdist Network. He's doing the Nerdist show. It's like one of the first big podcasts. This is the thing. His pod, so the podcast the Nerdist, and it is you. No one talks about this. It's fucking nuts. But literally, the big podcasts in say 2011 were Mark Maron, Adam Carolla, Chris Hardwick, Doug Benson, and then Joe Rogan. Like Joe Rogan was. It was weird. Joe Ro- like the guests Joe Rogan were on. It was this odd thing of like you listen to the Nerdist, and the Nerdist would have someone that is in terms of show business so much smaller than say like Russell Peters, who was constantly going on Joe Rogan's show, but would translate into more listeners because to the audience that was online, it was like really deep comedy nerds and or people that are just into podcasts. So it's like, well, this podcast puts them on. I'll listen to that. And it's such an interesting shift of what the world became post 2016. It's like everything, right? It's stuff that we were doing 10 years ago. We were doing these things 10 years ago, and now we're older, so with more time on Earth, we get more equity as far as money goes. The the, the apartments we've, we were renting turned into houses, and now podcasts are more ubiquitous because, is that the right term to make? Whatever. Hey, it's fun. It's 2010. I'm listening to The Nerdist. Who's this cool comedian? I'm divorced, and I have to pay a kid? I'm listening to Joe Rogan now. There we go. That's exactly it. It's like, yeah, it's fun and loose. I'd like to hear Penn from Penn and Teller talk to a guy who probably doesn't actually like women. And now you're like, I don't have time for subtext. Get me a guy who does not like women. And I want him to talk to a guy who likes bow hunting. I do only want to eat cold cuts. So explain to me how that prevents cancer and also makes me gain a foot in height. Yeah. Hi. I uh, feel like I'm wrong all the time because I'm 38 and sometimes I just misunderstand stuff. And um I would like a podcast that just reflects the fact that everyone else is wrong and not me. Oh, we got that here. Do you also really like 
to pretend that you know a lot about fossils for some reason. I do. Yep. <laughs> the key to my diet is you have to eat it over the sink. The sink is a very good part because as you stand, it processes and then the immaculates combine with the certitude. And that's how you get the muscles in the here's this is a box of old T-shirts. Each T-shirt, 70 bucks. Buy them. Anyway, we're going to be back with more hog shit talking about Chris Hardwick. And my favorite thing is I watched a ton of shit because Chris Hardwick is deep into the TV. This guy's been doing a hosting television shows for 20 years. So you get to see television hosts talk to someone talk, sorry, about me too. They don't know what they're saying. I look forward to that. And I look forward to you rejoining us after this break. I got an RRS to say to you, Dylan Atherton got that's right. Review and subscribe. Ooh. Wait a minute. Yeah, John, you remember how you keep telling me how you want to get a, d- a dog from the Mean Society, fuck it, and give it back, and then they wouldn't take it back, and you, you kept yelling, well, it's a slut now, I don't want it, and then he killed it with a shovel? Anyway, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> we are back. We're back. YOLO. Okay. God damn it, John. Let's talk about what happened after At Midnight. What was after- it? Well, after At Midnight, Chris Hardwick was really the cat's pajamas of uh, American television when they needed someone to host a talk show that no one really wanted to watch. So mm-hmm. AMC, this is sort of a weird cultural moment, but there was a moment where Breaking Bad, everyone loved that show but me. I thought it was fine. <laughs> wow. You didn't like Breaking Bad? No. I saw oh, it. If you've been watching, because wow. the thing is, if you've been watching HBO style dramas like that. Like if you, it's one of those things where it's like I'm just a nerd, so I just I watched The Wire when it was on and all of those things. So by the time they get to Breaking Bad, it was like the whole genre of like everyone talks like this and is really moody, but one character zany. You're kind of like, yeah, I've seen this all. This is a tired premise, but it was just that I was a dork and just watched all that stuff when no one like when it was literally like Deadwood got a hundred people to watch it. It's the best show that's ever been written, and no one cares. And then Breaking Bad became like, was like, oh, this is so great. It was like I was a Pixies fan and Breaking Bad was Nirvana. Ooh. Um, and Chris Hardwick hosted the after shows of all of these AMC like prestige. But let's be totally honest. By the time they ended shit television programs, looking at you, Walking Dead, that was good for <laughs> one season. One season was the Walking Dead good. And then for the subsequent rest of the years, I had to talk to this guy, Jamie, who used to do open mics in Toronto and would always ask you to buy him beer. And I remember one of the most awkward moments of my entire life was when that guy was like, Hey, can you buy me a, buy me a beer? And I was like, no, man, I don't have any money. You actually have a job. I'm just a stand up comedian. And he's like pretty fucked up. The headliner's not helping out openers. Um, and that's my main memory of anyone who liked the walking dead. Chris Hardwick was just a fucking talk show host after this thing. And, um, it was dating a woman named Chloe Dykstra, who he constantly had on the intros of his podcast. And it was very clear their relationship had some problems because no one talks about how hot and cool their girlfriend is to celebrities <laughs> if they're doing well. Also, the story, that, and it's brought up in his Me Too, is Me Tooing. But the story of how he responded to her saying, I love you, is fucking wild. <laughs> what is it? She said, I love you. And his response is, I love you. And then he used the other F word. No, not the fuck one. The other one. The one that Dylan used to yell out of car windows in the 2000s. Oh, fudge. Yes, right. Dylan, uh, you're 
you're a real fudge-sickle. Um, yeah, he said, I love you, boop, boop, which is a real, like, oh, boy. What is, what, what a, what a response. I feel that my soul and your soul have kissed. Well, I think that I love you, too, and also you're gay. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Just trying to keep it bro dog, whatever. Yeah, man, okay. you got to maintain your level of brodom, especially when you're uh, confessing intimate emotional moments with a woman whose father worked on Star Wars. Here's how well he's doing. 160 shows per year at midnight is doing. And then this whole thing happens. The jacques. He's jacques I'm just saying 160 shows a year. Don't know how much money he was making, but he turned down doing 160 television shows a year. That's how good he was doing financially that he was like, okay, maybe let's chill it down before he is accused. He, cause he's the host of an NBC primetime game show. He's the host of yep. talking dead. He's the host of talking bad. And then he's the host of his own just talk show called Talking with Chris Hardwick. Yep, Talking Saul, Talking Preacher. He has an after show for every single episodic show for AMC, yes. Can I just say this, by the way, Talking Preacher? Here's what they should have said. This show is bad. That's what they should have said. That's what they should have said. <laughs> I like that he wasn't talking mad, talking men. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, the top, the the Mad Men after show would just be a bunch of baby boom. Why isn't it like that anymore? Why isn't it? <laughs> Oh, you can't smell a chair when a woman stands up anymore. I remember when I got fired from my advertising agency. It's because a woman walked in and I just booed her. <laughs> boo, boo. She pees to sit down. Her butt is dirtier than mine. Her butts touch more toilet seats than mine. Boo. Uh, and then Chloe Dykstra when I wrote a essay on medium.com. I was in Los Angeles for when this happened. And uh, people were discussing it in the Chipotle. I went into a Chipotle to get a burrito, and I remember it like alerted on my phone. And when I walked into the line, everyone in that line was like, "The at midnight guy's a fucking Weinstein," and it was just, it was everywhere. I went to a Memorial Day barbecue um, because a friend of ours at the time, Dylan knows this person, uh, had just moved in with her a boyfriend, and they had a pool. And oh, you can't keep me away Kamala from Kamala Harris. It was Kamala Harris, and she had just married Dylan Mine's very good friend, Joe Biden. Bill Clinton. Sure. <laughs> yeah, who did you say? Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, Bill Clinton. Yeah, 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 exactly. You, what you guys don't know is Bill Clinton and Joe Biden are polyamorous with each other and with me and Dylan, but we don't have sex. We just compliment them on the sex that they're having. Wow. So limber for both <laughs> being so old. Oh, thank you. That's Joe Biden. You think that was Bill Clinton? That's actually what Joe Biden sounds like. <laughs> so she posts an essay on Medium. Does not mention his name. Doesn't mention his name. Um, just heavily implies who it was. You may know the guy from At Midnight, maybe. I don't know. Paul I'm Hopkins. talking about, I'm not going to say who it was, but I am going to say his name is Chris Hardwick. <laughs> so, yes, the Jacques happens, and John, definitively tell me what happened there. Definitively tell me. She Jacques him. He Jacques gets taken off and suspended from all of his programs. AMC says we need to do a more in-depth investigation. Can you come in and on the record cooperate all of this stuff, help with the investigation? And Chloe Dykstra, as I understand it, says, no, I'm not good. Like, this is, this is all I wanted to do, and that's it. And so he then gets all of those TV shows back, but very much the damage is done. It was a very interesting one. What do you, like, I don't know how to sort of comment on it. I think that, like... 
He also then produced a bunch of text messages and implied that she was not faithful during the relationship, but there may have been more than one side to this uh, situation. I don't want to comment on some like no, this. Is that's so- what I want. I want you to definitively comment on it. Hardwick, what you were talking about, well, he almost was a Rogan-esque figure where it was like he had this big production company. He was on television making all this money, but he also was producing a bunch of podcasts for Nerdist, even though he did sell it in like the early aughts. Um, not early aughts, sorry, in the early 2010s. Yeah, he sold it in the early 2010s to Legendary for, and this must be stressed, a fat stack of cash. In the fallout of Chloe Dexter posting this thing, his name was taken all of all of that stuff. His name has been restored to all, like all of this that's the thing that, that that's the thing that's very go ahead i'm just saying he's one of the ones where because of his image because he basically was the nerdy ryan seacrest it really mattered that he got jacques but like a guy like but now we live in the era where he would just like he would essentially I didn't like know. grow a goatee and be like Nerdist is now called the cuckest. If you fucking have ever let someone shake your hand where they ex- they didn't extend their hand completely and yours wasn't close to your body, you're a fucking pussy. You're so right. So basically what I like to call it is basically so Chris Hardwick started the like, so he just didn't comment on it ever, has never acknowledged that this happened. They suspended him briefly. He came back, all of that sort of stuff. And his career was very much diminished. He haven't he hasn't tweeted since 2018. Is he not tweeted since 2018? Nothing past 2018 on his Twitter. 2.4 million followers. Nothing past 2018. To understand what we talked about Twitter beforehand, Twitter is the nerd platform. He has not tweeted since 2018. So think about that. He was just like, I'm done. Like, wow, what an evolution. So, okay, that's what happens in 2018. By 2020... Uh, comedian Brian Callen of the fighter and the kid, like people are like three people were like, uh, you raped me. And he was like, no, I did not. And now I'm suing you. <laughs> and then like, it, like how crazy the, pl- like the, the, the game plan for this, like it starts is like, starts with Chris Hardwick, just deny everything back. By the time it gets to Brian Callen, it's like, no, you did that shit. Brian Callen, similar thing to Chris Hardwick, by the way, he's getting production company deals. He's producing other podcasts. All of that goes away. But Brian Callen, unlike Chris Hardwick, who's like, doesn't tweet, doesn't acknowledge. It's basically Chris Hardwick's now like the Alex Trebek and hosts like one game show that's not that popular, but probably. And oh, by the way, he married into the Hearst family. So Chris Hardwick's okay. Yeah. But this was also before Patreon, where it's like he could have just like, if this happens five years later, then he just is like, all right, I'm subscriber only now and I make way more money than I would on television. It's just such a very interesting inflection point for entertainment. It's such an interesting inflection point, And you make up such it a great point. It happens in 2017, by the way. 2017, 2018. It was 20. Yeah. Well, it's 2018 is when he happened. It was June of 2018. I like, I could take you to the Chipotle. I was on the Chipotle. I was in the Chipotle in Echo Park by what became the COVID testing site and then became the place where you used to get COVID travel tests. Yes. And then uh, this is, it's interesting though, because him, he does the ultimate thing, which is he releases everything, which some people don't like. Basically, it is just as. The true poet laureate of our times, Fred Durst said, he said, she said, you know, it was very much. A, it is the most because it's like the text. Ma- Ooh, yeah, like she they had a situation where she kissed another man. She didn't mention that in the essay. He very much brought up those text messages. He barely <laughs> he's he's a fucking he proves himself as, as a nerd or she's like accuses him of something. And he's like, here's a bunch of screen caps. Are they doctored? Shut the fuck up. I don't know. Because yeah. they could. This is the other thing. People. This is the other thing. You could edit like, them. You could just fucking edit. Anyway, here's why I don't think he here's why I don't think he edited them. Here's why I don't think he edited them. He does not address 
which is my favorite part of the whole thing. I said, I love you. And then he went, I love you too. And then just dropped a slur. And in that, in his text messages, he does not confirm nor deny that one, which makes me believe, because here's the thing. If you're going to doctor the text, you're going to come up with a text, which is just to clarify, I did not say that when I said, I love you. Do you know what I mean? This, I think we can definitively say that Dylan is on the side of Chris Hardwick when it came to him being canceled. And I just feel it was a fucked up situation with people that maybe shouldn't have been dating because I have nuance and Dylan and this cannot be contradicted or overstated is a men's rights activist. <laughs> mm, I think men should have all the rights. Women should have none. Write that down. No, I was just saying watch afterwards. Watch all these talking head shows have to address a person who's on like vanilla PG oh, network yeah. television and all of these like there's a really great one with Entertainment Canada. There's a really great one with like um I think it's ET in the, the Entertainment Tonight in the States. These vanilla guys who have only ever had to talk about like what sandwich the rock is eating when he's like mm. going around town. Because these aren't even TMZ where they're trying to like do gotcha journalism. They're just like and they have to be like <laughs> there's the Entertainment Canada one's dope because it's a guy talking and a girl just watching him talk, and you can see the guy be like, I mean, I just really wanted to eat up some time and say nothing. Could you please interject? I don't know what I'm saying. He's like, it is bad when a woman feels like she's been abused, and it is bad, and we don't know, and we don't know, and it is bad. Please start talking so I don't have to. Um, I know Chris Hardwick personally, and I the times I met him, he didn't do it at all. She's lying. <laughs> like, what are you going to fucking say? They don't. So it's there's a weird time in the Me Too movement, for lack of a better descriptor for the era. No, no, no. Yeah. In that dudes, no dude broadcasters on those shows, like dude news brought communication gra graduates with a communications degree. know just enough not to fucking spout off with your two cents about Me Too uh, moments within the Me Too movement, but they don't know what to say yet. So Dylan's exactly right. We're going to be like, yeah, we read about this fucking slut going blah, blah, blah on the internet about a very <laughs> bad man. He's a good guy. He didn't do it. That would be, I would said, I would have gone like this. I would have showed up. They would have been, I would have been in a suit. Entertainment Tonight, nice talk show, tabloid talk show, whatever. Then yeah, they get you're John Tesh, I'm Mary Hart. Fucking... Show my legs. Oh, yeah. Okay. You be Mary Hart. I'll be John Tesh. Start just one second. I'll show you what I would have done. He didn't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? You can't love a bitch anymore? <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me ask you some fucking something, fucker. Let me ask yeah. you something, fucker. Fucker. Let me ask you something, fucker. Fuck you, first of all. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, starting off, first off, a man, therefore a person who is correct, was spoken about by a woman that is bad. I am. Oh, I only believe in men. Women are like Santa Claus, not real. <laughs> I can see both of us in your sunglasses through the reflection. On Zoom. Isn't that That's fucking cool? Isn't that fucking cool? Bro? Also, that time I had sex with that man was just exercise. That's right. Um, Doesn't count as anything other than that. Here's the one thing I'm going to say about Chris Hardwick. I was at a barbecue six months ago and I overheard someone say, ah, one thing about that situation over mentioned is like, he was an asshole. And I just, I've always wanted to know what those two people were talking about when I walked in. 
that they were like, is Chris Hardwick trying to get at midnight back? Is he trying to, is he trying to come back to stand up? Is he going to do one of those other weird stand up specials that were not good? Yeah. That's the other thing is he did a stand up special that was kind of bad. No, I mean, he had, here's the thing. Never met the man, never met her. So obviously I do know what happened and I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I do like this is the great thing about John as John continues his journey through the LA scene. I feel like if you listen to the show, you're gonna get a lot of weird gossip. Oh yeah. It was such excellent. It did this was the this was the most amazing time too, because it was a it was right. So this happened right um before or after I think this happened right after also the nerd melt showroom closed, which Chris Hardwick owned. So the other thing that I am sure is a factor is Chris Hardwick lost one of the most annoying armies on the internet, which is LA unfamous comedians. If he had, if he had kept that showroom, showroom open, so many comedians would have been like, he probably definitely did that, but I'm on his side because standup comedians just like performing places. Yeah, man. And well, here's the other thing is that, um, I guess get adding to my previous point about the um like news host thing or the entertainment magazine shows as they were called is it's interesting that like everyone during that era kind of had to have just get a like certificate or like a bachelor's degree in PR super quick and you could yeah. tell who like were like I you have to say something basically just go like this is bad I don't fucking know but say that over the course of a minute and a half because it's television you can't just be like Oh yeah, I'll talk about Tom Hardy's uh visit to whatever booster juice, but there's no fucking way I'm touching like did Aziz Ansari do a bad thing or like everyone's just like, yeah, I have no fucking idea, but you have to figure out a way to say that in two and a half minutes so you can eat up time. And also don't say something that's so negative that we can't just have an ad for fucking shampoo that airs after this. So the grander, bigger thing that no one talks about is basically when Trump was elected president, someone should have gone on every television broadcast in the world and been like, nuance is dead for the next two years and get ready for it to all be really annoying and be like, wait, what? I guess to be the 800th person that said something like this, it's in, it's just it stinks that like people are like, yeah, I don't want to get canceled. I'm like the president of the United States that I'm a grabber by the pussy. And it didn't matter. You can't be canceled, really. Anyway, next week, as you can tell, me and John are going to be fucking doing some good shit. Next week is Tucker Max, baby. Fuck yeah. That's why we are shirtless. We are getting we are getting ready for it to talk about our Jesus. Chris Hardwick without being a pussy and actually answering when people fucking have criticisms. Tucker fucking Max. Anyway, Tucker Max sent all those sex messages, but like not all the other parts with nuance. Yeah, text message would have been uh, if Tucker Max had been accused by his ex-girlfriend of saying, I love you, forgot, he would have been like, not only did I do that, I got a tattooed on my friend's back. So we had evidence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tucker Max would have just that it would have been leaked that he said that and he would have just bleeped out the I love you part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. do not. <laughs> Wait a minute. I do not deny saying that word. I do deny saying that I ever loved a woman. I do not like women. I didn't say I, you. I said the word four times. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're talking fucking Tucker Max, motherfuckers. Next week, we're talking about Tucker Max. If you don't know who Tucker Max is, fucking strap in. He did blogs but in books i love it thank you guys so much for listening if you guys have an email like maybe uh you were particularly upset with 
you're watching this on Zoom, you're upset. You've heard this yeah, you're, upset. You're upset with Dylan's takes when did that part of the show where Dylan was just like, let me say this about any accusation. I am on the side of the man. That's what Dylan said. I don't know if you remember that part. No, I'm on the side of the victim, which is the perpetrator, if that makes any sense. That is Dylan Gott on Twitter at Dylan Gott on Twitter. All corrections and criticisms head on over to at Dylan Gott on Twitter. Yeah, go to the fucking site I don't use anymore. While you're at it, fucking, why don't you fucking send me all your hate mail on goddamn MySpace or Friendster or fucking AskJiz.com or whatever. You know what? Just go to my one social media account I use. Pornhub. We have not li- we have not launched AskJiz, uh, our fan exclusive social media website. It's just a <laughs> Discord group, but I figured out how to turn the color of the icon to white, so we're calling it AskJiz. 